there, listeners. Thank you so much for checking out uh, today's episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. I uh, just wanted to give you a little bit of a, a background into this episode. So today my guests are Tim and Lisa Trudell. They are the co-authors of several books about Omaha and Nebraska, including Unique's, Unique Eats and Eateries of Omaha, which is what we're mainly going to discuss in this episode today. They're actually releasing a new book, 100 Things to Do in Nebraska Before You Die, um, starting in April. So we actually originally recorded this episode back in February, but I wanted to hold on to it um, until now to kind of help promote the new book. So you listen to this episode, you get all excited, you understand how good of writers they are and how interesting they are, and then you go out and and you buy their new book. A few things have changed since we recorded this episode originally. Obviously, the first of that is the arrival of coronavirus. Um, This that wasn't really even on our radar back in February. And looking back, maybe it should have been. (laughs) But that's why we don't make any mention of the coronavirus. Um, We weren't really aware of it, didn't know it was coming. So um, some of the restaurants that we discuss in this episode They may be temporarily closed or only operating um, takeout operations at this point. So that's just something to make a note of. Uh, The other note is that um, around Saddle Creek Breakfast Club, around the 30-minute mark, Tim mentions that Saddle Creek Breakfast Club is currently closed. Uh, During this time, Saddle Creek's owner, uh, Chase Thompson, he took the month of March off, actually, to get professional help for his physical and mental health. So we made a reference to that. Fortunately, after that month off, he came back. Saddle Creek Breakfast Club is open again. And yeah, very happy to report that everything is going well there. And as of right now, they're doing takeout as our most Omaha restaurants. So just wanted to hit on a couple of things there before we get into the episode. And now, without further ado, here's Tim and Lisa Trudell. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. Thank you so much uh, for joining me today. I just really appreciate the downloads, all the support. It's things are really starting to pick up, guys. We're uh, really getting a lot of excitement about this show, and and that just that warms my heart so much. I thank you so much, everyone who's downloaded, who's listened, anything. You guys are the best, and I love you. And because of that, I've got a great episode for you today. We've been going. Uh, pretty chef heavy um, on the show lately. We're switching things up a little bit. We're bringing in some journalists, some <laughs> some of my people here. Um, they're the authors of a hundred things to do in Omaha before you die. They own and operate the Walking Tourist Traveling Blog, and they're about to release their third book uh, coming up here in a couple months. But most importantly, at least for the purposes of this humble podcast. They are the co-authors of Unique Eats and Eateries of Omaha, Tim and Lisa Trudell. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, this is, I mean, this is my pleasure. Obviously, I have a podcast about it, so I just (laughs) love talking Omaha restaurants, and now I get to bring in people who wrote a book, probably the book, about Omaha restaurants, so this is really, really just a joy for me, and I got to be completely honest, as someone who recently published my first book, the fact that you guys have done two and decided to do another one, like my hat's off to you. I know how hard it is, and I'm just in awe of the work that you guys have done. Thank you, and congratulations. I know I've, I said it on Twitter, but <laughs> congratulations in person. Thank you. That is, it's an accomplishment. 
So it is, that's there's, great. there's just something about like you stare at a manuscript forever and ever and yeah. ever, and then you just get to hold that physical yep. book the first time. It's a, and it's, it's a baby. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. It's terrifying <laughs> because like the rest of the world can read your uh, thoughts now. Yeah. And uh, so you, now you know what he was referring to earlier when he was like, wait, you bought the book and now you want to read it. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I understand yeah. the feeling. Okay, let's let's get into Omaha food. All right. So I'm I'm just gonna start from a broad level here. You guys, obviously, you did a ton of research just to kind of do a little, mm-hmm. um, give people a little. Uh, actually, I'll just let you guys describe it. Describe this book for me. Wow, it's a uh, it's really a look at the it's it's a look at the story behind the restaurant mm-hmm. or the eatery because there we do have some non restaurant. Uh, businesses and they're like taste like, of Omaha farmers right, market things uh, like that. Jacobo's yep. and, and uh, uh, story siege but um, it's really just a look at the story behind the restaurant um, kind of uh, like what what got the chef or the owners into the restaurant business um, what they love about it um, just kind of like a little bit behind the scenes uh, there it, it, you know obviously it includes you know a lot of their the favorite items on the restaurants because, right. or on the menu because you've got to have that because you're talking about restaurants and restaurants you talk about People food want to talk about but food, it's yeah. not it's but it's not food heavy it's it's really story it's it's stories about those those eateries and those restaurants um and you know the story behind the scene mm-hmm. you know and, and just a look at some great restaurants um uh, we chose to go with uh more of the classic restaurants than mm-hmm. the newer ones um and, uh, you know, we, we were really happy we did. So it was really, it was fun um, talking with, uh, you know, restaurant owners, chefs, and mm-hmm. just to, just, you know, you, you do that. I mean, you know, you get that. Right. Oh, um, yeah, absolutely. So it's just the, the, the love that they have. And you really can tell. You can tell that these people are, I mean, it's not just an eight to, it's not an eight to five Monday through Friday job. Mm-hmm. It's, or, you know, it's, it's their lifeblood. Yeah, it's 12, 13 hours a yeah. day. Six seven, seven days yeah. a week, yep. potentially. Yep. Um, so, yeah. So it was it was a fun book to do. So yeah, and you're not just talking about the stories of the restaurants. You're also talking about when you look at the book as a whole. You're talking about a tour of Omaha mm-hmm. through food. Mm-hmm. You're talking about a uh, tour around the world through food in this book. You're also talking about a tour of some of Omaha history. Mm-hmm. We're talking about you know restaurants that. Uh, Orsi's, for example, just celebrated 100 years. That's Broncos, crazy. hamburgers, 60 years. Runza restaurants, okay, they're based out of Lincoln, but they celebrated <laughs> they 70 they, years, right? Yeah, they count for every time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. So that has them. Yeah. There's some, um, we talk about, I think you talked about the frozen meal kind of started here. Maybe not in this book, maybe it was a previous nah, book. That's the other one, yeah. Um, there's a lot Sponsors. of uh, history, whether you're talking about uh, even the history of the Reuben, which is well known across the country, versus even not right. just talking about here. Mm-hmm. Now, to give people a little bit of uh, a little bit more backstory behind this, there are ninety restaurants or experiences mm-hmm. or you know like stores, things along those lines. There's basically mm-hmm. ninety stories yeah. in this book. Yes, you guys just told me you started with a list of more than 250. Yes. How the heck do you go about choosing <laughs> these are the ones that we're going to do, and how do you pare that massive well, you know, list down? To be honest, um, there were two restaurants that um, we accidentally omitted off the 100 things to do. So those two those are the were one and two automatically. But, you know, we had our favorites, 
you know, that, that we knew we had to have in the book. And what are those? Uh, oh, gosh. Um, for me, it was I needed to have Zeos in there, okay. uh, Romeos, and um, uh, uh, the steakhouses. Yep. You know, so those were really the, the ones that, that I thought have to go in there. Mm-hmm. So, I think this book is not only... Like you said, it's how did we choose? I think some of it had to do with the title. We had to choose kind of the, some of those unique mm-hmm. eats and experiences around Omaha that um, revolve around food. So you can take a tour of Omaha in different ways with uh, Omaha culinary tours. Mm-hmm. They've got um, a sweet treats type of tour. They've got a pizza tour. They've got a steakhouse tour. Um, so you can kind of make your way around in different food genres with them. Um, you can get pizza, lasagna, and brats at a game at Mm -hmm. the Storm Chasers game at Warner Park. Those kind of different experiences you can have around. So it's not just um, the best of or the the Mm -hmm. top of in the Omaha area. It's also around um, what are those unique things like uh, eating with raccoons at Alpine Inn. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that that is another thing is we wanted to make sure that um, we represented Omaha. You know, so we wanted a diverse we wanted to show off the diversity of Omaha, so we wanted to make sure that we covered the whole area because, quite frankly, you know, this book could have been just everything, you know, east of 72nd, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, fortunately, it's not. So, there mm-hmm. are, you know, so we, we just wanted to make sure that, that we um, we balanced the coverage. So, once we had that 250 or so, we had to start paring it down. So, that was, uh, that was the challenge mm-hmm. to really go down. And there were, there were, there were, uh, Evenings that we kind of uh, butted heads, uh, you know, a few times about, (laughs) you know, there might be something that I really wanted in the on the list, and she wasn't necessarily gung ho about it, and and vice versa. Yeah, you know, I'm not a I'm not a fish or sushi person, so she did the uh, she did the the fish and sushi places (laughs) for us. So. Fortunately or unfortunately, for some places, we did have a little bit, some criteria. We try to choose choose places that were somewhat classics or some that have been Mm -hmm. around for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, And we kind of use the benchmark of five years that you'd been in business, although there's a few exceptions to that. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Tim, you mentioned the the diversity of Omaha and really trying to get the grand scope of all the different you know, cuisines here. And that's just something that continues to amaze me. The more and more I learn about Omaha and about the restaurants here, you can get great pizza. Yep. You can get great barbecue. You mentioned seafood and sushi, Italian, steaks, breakfast, Mexican. Like you mm-hmm. go down the line and I feel like, and I'm biased because I love Omaha, but I feel like you can get just about any type of cuisine you want. You can right. get pretty good, if not great options. Why like, how does that happen in Omaha, Nebraska, just right. in the middle of the country? Like, right. how did Omaha become kind of this culinary it, mecca? It just really, um, you know, we had, you, you really had chefs who, you know, left Omaha mm-hmm. to make their mark, but then realized, you know, when they started to have families, they wanted to raise their families here. Mm-hmm. So they came home. And there are others who just said, you know, I'd have had enough of, you know, it's going to cost me $10,000 a month to rent this little, you know, eight by 10 space in New York where I can go to Omaha and I can have this massive sized restaurant for, you know, half that. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people decided to come home or, you know, there's all that old story about, well, I met a Nebraskan and, you yeah. know, next thing you know, we're married and I'm living in Omaha. And, you know, and then of course we have, we have, uh, um, 
you know, through uh, immigration. You know, we've we've really we've had people come from all over the world, mm-hmm. and they've brought their cuisine with them, mm-hmm. and it's it's great. It's just I think it just says so much about our city that you can really go, you know, and get something, enjoy a meal from any continent. Except for maybe Antarctica. Yeah. <laughs> you know? We're not serving penguin yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yet. Yeah. Ooh. Give it time. Um, something, and this kind of plays off of one of the stories that you have in the book with the Sage Bistro at, at mm-hmm. Metro. How much does the success of Metro Community College's culinary program, which has produced just great chef after great chef after mm-hmm. great chef, how much does that have to do with and you mentioned it, Tim, sending out some chefs into the world, mm-hmm. but then they come back. How much does Metro deserve credit for making this culinary scene? Well, your favorite restaurant yeah. on Farnham there, yeah. Block 16. Yeah, they, they paired up. Paul yes, and Jess. they met there. Uh-huh. So that is incredible. Yeah. I mean, just the Metro uh, culinary program just, I mean, it turns out great chefs. You know, and um, you you see it in so many restaurants around Omaha, and um, it just—I mean, have you eaten there? I'm going to. Okay, awesome. within like a week, I'm actually okay. in communication right now with like the leader of the okay. culinary yep. program. So that's in the yep. works. Nice. Good, good, because you will. I can't wait. It is amazing, <laughs> um, and you know, and the students run that program. They mm-hmm. run everything about the restaurant, from being a host to being your server to working in the kitchen, to being the manager. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they run it. And you would not know that it's a student-run restaurant. It, it rivals. I, I mentioned this to them when I was there, that I thought the decor rivaled anything you would see at Exarbon Village or mm-hmm. Midtown Crossing. You know, so it's, it, it, it's, it's an outstanding program, and it does turn out some really, really great chefs. And I think that, that we're seeing that. You know, with with the restaurants and with uh, just with the cuisine that's available in town. Yeah, um, but like, what what like just from visiting there, what do you think mm. makes them so like? H- how do you get to that level? Because it's, it's just so random that like yeah. this community college in the middle mm-hmm. of the country in Nebraska is routinely winning like national awards. Just from your discussion they, with the people in that program, they, how have they elevated it so they much? Have, they've got uh, great leadership. They've got great teachers, professors. Um, and just the fact that, you know, they, they treat them as professionals. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the students have a high level of expectation when they come into the program. That, you know, uh, you come out of there, you're going to be a great chef. Mm-hmm. So I, I think they just have a high level of expectation and uh, the professionalism. What was the most fun you, or maybe even, maybe not fun is the right word. The most interesting thing that you guys didn't know about the life of a chef or restaurateur that you learned while putting this book together. For me, um, the, the thing that I really learned was it's either in their it's either in your blood or it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, people don't haphazardly go into the restaurant business thinking, oh, you know, it's an eight to five Monday through Friday job. I'm going to have weekends off, holidays. It doesn't work that way. You know, they're working 12, 13, 15 hours a day, six, seven days a week. 
they might be closed on a Monday or a, or a Sunday, but odds are they're doing they're doing something related to the restaurant. That's right. So, um, and and really, it 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 really is in their blood. And and talking with with people who are you know third and fourth generations of uh, you know running the restaurant, you you see that. I mean, how many restaurants we you know you go around town? How many restaurants do we have that are in the third and fourth generations? We have a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And you see that, and um, I think uh, that's one thing I really learned. Uh, I really, you know, just it's it's in their blood, and man, they love it. It's just not something you roll into. It's you're born into it, and it gets in your. It just it gets in you, and it stays with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Cashews is what third or fourth generation yeah. at least. Yeah, for example. Yeah, Johnny's third. Um, Orsi's, Orsi's. Wow, well, Orsi's. They sold. Oh, uh, right. They were they were down to third generation before he sold to his partner. But right. yeah. And what was your most interesting takeaway? Uh, <laughs> you know, he did all the interviews, <laughs> so it was kind of a, a looking back and uh, reading for the first time some of the stories that he'd gotten out of these uh, chefs and restaurateurs. I think. Like you said, it's just understanding that the challenges that they went through, some of the storylines that kind of came out of it, which um, I know one of his his favorites is the story about Malara's and <laughs> mm-hmm. how she immigrated here one. and um, the story of the building and how that came acquired and selling the just a different style of Italian a little bit. And I still have yet to go there, so I'm excited because it's it's one of his favorites and I'm just it became my it immediately became my favorite Italian restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. It just and, and she treats you like you're part of the family. Right. And that, you, that means so much. Yeah, it does. What was each of you's most fun story to either tell or report on or any like I know that there's so many great stories <laughs> yeah. in this book that it's yeah. hard to just choose one, but maybe one of several. Like what's one wow. of your top ones? Ooh. That's kind of that's tough for me. Um, one of my most fun stories, huh? Do you have one? So <laughs> I'll think. I don't know about a, f- a fun story, but what I have is a, a kind of a fun fact I didn't know before. Yeah, um, was learning that there's a gold record that uh. was um, that's on the wall of the of Junior's Forgot Store. Oh yeah, and it is of convoy. Convoy that was written by Chip Davis. Chip Davis, and it was written yeah. in that yeah, restaurant. Yeah, he, he actually wrote it at the Forgot at, Store, and um, that might be one of the. And learning the, about the how and, that store became. Yeah, talk about the Forgot Store because yeah. I don't think very many people yeah. listening well, to this know the, what it is. I certainly didn't before the reading Forgot the Forgot Store is on Calhoun Road. It's north of Alpine Inn, mm-hmm. so it it originally um, was. Uh, you know, it, it's it's had several incarnations over mm-hmm. the years but originally it got its name because when people came, went into omaha rode their horse and buggy or horseback into omaha and got their supplies and headed north of town what they if they forgot something they could stop at this store well then they ended up calling them the forgot store well through the years then when cars replaced horses um you know they installed gas pumps and then later they installed a bar and then a restaurant. And then it, for a while before Junior bought it, it was really just 
mainly a bar. But then Junior, who um, whose family owned the Anchor Inn, um, after they closed that, he was looking for uh, an investment. And then the opportunity came up to take over the Forgot store, so he did. So now, you know, it's a bar and grill, and they really have some, they have some really good food there. Um, I, I'm a little partial to their pizza. It kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, Godfather's. Oh, okay. A little um, thicker In the crust. old days, mm-hmm. the, you know, the Willie uh, Teeson days. But, um, yeah, it's a little bit thicker crust, a little thicker ingredients and that. But um, it's really, I mean, it's fun. But, yeah, but that's where uh, Chip Davis wrote the song Convoy. Um, and... Uh, because he wrote it there, and when it, when it became a when it hit gold, you know, gold status, he gave them a copy of his gold record, and they hung it on the wall, wow. and it's still it's still there. So that's kind of cool that when Junior bought it, they got to, he got to keep that. So, yeah. Um, so that's probably one of my more fun ones. Um, then of course Alpine Inn is always a fun story. That's you just know, wild with, with Edie with the <laughs> raccoons, you know, and, and really it just came about because. One of the original owners was looking for a way to, um, you know, just take care of, of the, it. Trash, yeah, the trash, you know, yeah. the leftovers. And so he started feeding the raccoons, and then the feral cats came along. And, and now, you know, talking with them, uh, the neighbors like it because they don't get, you know, the raccoons don't get into their garbage. Uh-huh. And now I, I didn't know this, but the raccoons come from up to two miles away every night to eat there. So, I mean, fried chicken's better than catching a rat or yeah, whatever exactly. else they're eating. So. Yeah, I mean, you know. And it's darn good fried chicken. I guess. Yes, it is. Yeah. And the night we went there, there was probably a dozen raccoons that were yeah. feasting well, we, that night. Yeah, we were there early, so yeah. And the server that was there, and the service was great. Yeah. And I think that they were all family members. Yeah. And the server had showed us a photo of like she said up to 65 raccoons yeah. would Holy come cow. in it was like a couple of nights earlier yeah. than our visit goodness yeah so um so this book it was published in 2019 mm-hmm. and unfortunately there are already several places in here that have closed like <sighs> yep, amato's are, yes uh b&b grill five fat check barbecue <laughs> yeah. just I'm, I'm sure that, that hurt you guys because yeah. you, you got to know these people. You yep. told these stories. Like, yep. what do you think that says about the restaurant industry and just how tough it is to own and operate a restaurant? It's, it, I mean, and it's getting more difficult because especially for the older restaurants um, that, you know, their clientele is, you know, tends to be older. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, they're not getting the younger people in. Um, so I don't know if it's a case of they're not adapting. Like in the case of B&B, it was, it was a personal choice that she mm-hmm. decided because, you know, with the loss of her partner, she just didn't, right. it wasn't fun for her anymore. And, you know, you can't blame her for that. No. Um, but I was really sad to see that go. Um, but like with Petro's um, and talking with Nick, um, just, you know, he, his concern was, you know, um, costs. For one thing, like when I interviewed him, he was talking about costs and, you know, he's like, you know, I can't charge, you know, $10 for our shake, you know, mm-hmm. because eventually people stop buying them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, but I think that was a, that was a personal choice. Um, their daughters are still all pretty young. So I don't think he was looking to pass it on to the kids. And I don't know if the kids were really that interested with their age, but it does get, it does become more difficult for the older restaurants to compete um, and with uh, with a lot some of the new chains that are coming around, and you know 
they're a little more uh, chic and, you know. Yeah, plus, we got some really neat, you know, uh, uh, newer, even locally owned restaurants mm-hmm. that are that are really making a headway. So, I mean, they are challenging. I mean, there's only so many dining dollars to go around. And I think it is a, a case where I don't know if it's, you know, if it's necessarily a case of people aren't adapting to the to the market or um, people are just trying new things, mm-hmm. you know, but it is definitely a challenge for for places like Petro's and Amato's and and, uh, you know, the older establishments to to really challenge. Well, I the think, competition's oh, getting sorry, pretty tough now. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think a lot of it just goes back to, yeah, what you said there is just the market for Omaha restaurants is just blowing up so much. You know, you look at areas like like Blackstone, like Benson. I mean, these are uh, Midtown. Yeah. You know, these are hip areas that yeah. are just adding new restaurants and not just chains, but yeah. good local places yeah. that are that are coming in. And yeah. Because, you know, as we were talking about with the influx of great chefs. So, yeah, at some point it's just it's tough for everyone to win. Mm-hmm. And it, we were just talking about this off the mics. We're in this uh, – Omaha restaurant Facebook group and people bring up, you know, new restaurants all the time. And they say, I had the most amazing meal here. Like this is the best Chinese food in Omaha. And then like four other people are like, yeah, that's my favorite thing I've ever had. And I'm like, I haven't even heard of this place. I'm supposed to be the restaurant guy. What, what is this? I, now I have to go here and the list just gets longer and longer. So I think, yeah, just, there's just not enough meals to go around. We yeah. need bigger stomachs. Yeah, <laughs> keep everybody Definitely, in business. Yeah. Yeah. Bigger stomachs and bigger wallets. <laughs> yeah, so well, yeah, that too. Um, so one year later, I'm going to give you guys a chance to look back. Are there any restaurants now, and maybe things have changed in the past year, mm-hmm. but that you would like to add to the list, or if you like did a, you know, uh, a like hardcover edition of the book or something and added a couple of restaurants. Are there any like that you're really passionate about that you'd like to slide in there? I think one that I would probably be interested in adding would be, um, uh, Ocarant. Oh yeah. You know, um, we haven't eaten there a lot, but, um, it's fantastic. The food is good. The chef um, is awesome. Ben yep, yeah. yep. And I think, uh, Acadia mm-hmm. for the Cajun, um, and then I think um, I would probably look at including because we have the we have the we, uh, flagship Commons food hall, mm-hmm. but for the West Roads. But I would I would think I think now at this point I would want to include the inner rail. Yeah, you know, and um, uh, I mean that's kind of then maybe a couple in Blackstone that that we didn't really get a chance to uh because they're so much you know they're so they're because they're so new and yeah externella mm-hmm. and uh uh forno mm-hmm. you know forno. Uh, we have dante yeah you know so but you've got but, nick strawhacker yeah oh yeah we got it covered there but but yeah definitely uh um i think uh like forno would be a good one because i i I love their food. That place is awesome. Yeah. I love it. Basically taking everything that's great about Dante and like making it casual and yep. faster. Yeah. You can't go wrong. Nope. Lisa? <laughs> I used to be that I couldn't say that there was a great Cajun restaurant in Omaha, mm-hmm. but I've taken that back now. Mm-hmm. Um, before we tried Acadia and even now, um, I would say one of my f- new favorites is Herb Saint. Yep, I was gonna say. Yeah, um, Sarah, I, I have love tried. That place. I have not tried a Cajun dish, so to speak, at Acadia, but I did try their catfish, and it's amazing. Uh-huh. 
Um, so I have to go back and try some more, but um, that would be the one I would probably look at adding in the book yes. right now. Oh, and then Beacon Hill. Beacon Hill is good. I like Beacon Hill. That's uh, when uh, some nights following you and know hockey that we've gone and had a late dinner at Beacon Hill. So, mm-hmm. and uh, it's got a they've, great- got, they've got, I mean, they're good for lunch, good for dinner, they're good for brunch. So, yeah, and there's just so many, like we were talking about kind of scrolling through the Facebook yeah. group um, for Omaha Food Lovers and seeing all of the different places. And I'm like, yeah, that's a great place. And uh-huh. yeah, we, we don't have that in the book, but maybe, you know, maybe if it were a second edition or yes. something, but, yeah. and then there's so many, like we keep talking about, there's so many that we've either not heard of or we haven't been to yet or haven't tried. And it's just, yeah, that's, how do you get to them all? That is one yeah, thing like, like, and I, you know, I, um, I was interviewing somebody about their restaurant um, for the book. And, you know, I've, I've, we both have lived here over 30 years. And uh, so that's how I learned about Malara's. Yeah. They were like, well, are you going to include Malara's? And I was like, Malara's? And they're like, yeah, the Italian place. And I was like, ah. I said, you know, I was a little embarrassed to say, you know, yeah. I've never heard of them. And so they're like, oh, yeah, it's over at 20th and Pierce. And so I thought, all right, well, I'll go check them out. So, you know, went over there and checked them out. And they agreed to do the interview. And it was like walked out of there after I had lunch and I'm like, this is my new favorite restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> and see, that's why I think people should check this book out because there were, I mean, I just read through it cover to cover and there were eight or nine times I turned the page and I was like, what, what's this place? I've never even heard of this. What style of food do they sell? So I, I like, I feel like I got educated so much, not only just on what the restaurant yeah. is, but then the story behind it. So that makes you, yeah. especially, you know, Millar's is a great example. When you talk about her backstory and everything, that just makes you want to go out and try it mm-hmm. all the more because you want to support people oh, yeah, like that. Yeah, definitely. And, and yeah, and we, we do need to support our, our local restaurants. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I will tell you one thing too. Um, uh, we have a daughter or we have two daughters who are both vegetarians. One's vegan um, for, she is for medical reasons. The other one is for life choice. Mm-hmm. But so we uh, we took our eldest with us to uh, Modern Love. So good. Yes. I mean, hands down, that was a really good. We really it was a great experience. And so, you know, and she's got a great story about she's she's one who met a Nebraskan. Yeah. And came to Omaha, you know. And so, then opened a second restaurant yes. in New York. Yes. <laughs> Just <laughs> Because that's where you go next after yeah. Omaha, Nebraska, yes. and New York. Yes, <laughs> but that's, yeah, but that's what's like that's what's neat about this this city's culinary scene. It's just, I mean, it's it. There's so much out there, mm-hmm. and you know, there's something for everyone, and that's what's that's what's fun about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a couple that that I would throw in there if you guys mm-hmm. decide to do a second yes. edition or anything. Uh, I think Yoshitomo. Um, oh, yeah. with David Utterback, the chef, he is just doing incredible work. Like yeah. there's a lot of great sushi in Omaha. Mm-hmm. This is just, it's different. Like it's absolutely fantastic. Um, I think Porky Butts barbecue is yes. very, very new, but like yes. having a nationally renowned pit master yes. open his own restaurant. I think that's unique. And yep. the other one that I would, okay, two more hunger block, I think <laughs> yes. is really cool because yep. that's kind of Latin American cuisine. That's something that. It Omaha has it, but not a ton of it, and I right. think they do really well. Yep. And then uh, Virtuoso Pizzeria, okay. run by David Lasola. You guys have a yes. solo mio in the yes. book, so this is his 
Yep. Um, this is their son. And again, yep. all, like all the places I just named break your five years rule. Yep. So that might be why they're <laughs> but, not in the book. Well, you know, we do a second edition and really, I, I don't see a reason why we can't do a second edition. You know, it's, oh, you could do uh, a billion editions oh for Omaha. <laughs> I, could do, I could do a series. We could do a series on this. Yeah. 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 By the time you come out with edition two, there's going to be 50 <laughs> new restaurants in yep. here to, oh yeah, it never stops. Definitely. One, I'm really glad that we included in, and we know that they're, you know, that, you know, they've encountered some issues um, is Saddle Creek. Oh, yeah. Club. Yeah. And that that's one that broke that five year rule. Mm-hmm. But I was like, we have to have them. It's fantastic. It is. It's yeah. it so is. good. So, you know, so our, our you know, our thoughts are, are with them and we're look forward to them reopening it in March. Yeah. Hopefully yep. that family just gets everything in line. Yep. Personally, that's yep. obviously the most important thing. As yeah, much as I love their food, that people come first. Yes. Number one is is. You got to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Uh, last thing before I get yep. you guys out of here. I, <laughs> may, maybe I'm putting you on the spot a little bit. You might have already answered this, Tim, but I like to ask my guests for their I Got You restaurant. So this is the restaurant. If you've got a friend or a family mm-hmm. member coming in from out of town and they're a foodie mm-hmm. and they're like, okay, you know, you got to take me to the place. Not only is it delicious food, but it's got to be unique um, it's maybe not true to Omaha, but that's a little bonus. Mm-hmm. And you say, oh, I got you. Where are you taking them? Well, I would, I mean, steal from you, but um, I would probably recommend Block 16. That's mine, yeah. Yeah. It, it's <laughs> it's so unique. It is. You're it not going to find anything yeah. else no, like it. No, you're not. And just the, just the fact that, you know, you know, it's like talking, talking with them, it, it just, what's cool about it is how they describe themselves is their menu is – a chef's after closing menu. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a midnight. Every you know, everybody is, is customers have cleared out. You just got the kitchen staff. You got some food left over. What are you, what are you going to make? And so that's what's cool about it is you know, you're not you can just you can eat there every day and you're not going to eat the same thing. Mm-hmm. So and it's and it's great food. Yeah, that was actually one of my favorite stories in the book. And, yeah. of course, I'm biased because I love Block 16. <laughs> but you talked about how after they close, they just kind of look around and take inventory of all the ingredients that are left. And they're like, okay, what's the special tomorrow? Yeah. We got this, this, this. It's like a chopped basket. How, yeah. how can we yeah, throw this exactly. all into a, a sandwich or a burrito and make it good? Exactly. Their yep. Facebook page is definitely one. If you're not following <laughs> it, you've got to follow it. Although... Don't it's look at dangerous. it. Yeah. Uh, don't look at it when you're hungry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's it's a problem. So are you block 16 as well? Or? Block 16, yeah, that was going to be my go-to. Um, actually, the last, I had a friend of mine that she joined me for a workshop weekend visit. And so we were staying at a hotel downtown and we were like, we just want somewhere we can walk to. And actually it was just a block from the Doubletree. So we walked up there and... Um, I got my usual, but then she can. What's we, the usual? My usual is the uh, croissant. Of course, yeah. And then <laughs> delicious. <laughs> and so I, I haven't tried much outside of that yet, but um, and then she and I split an order of the dragon fat, fat fries. Mm. It's it was amazing. I could mm-hmm. not. I think I'm gonna have to get that with you next mm-hmm. time, and we'll have to mm-hmm. split that. It was. And so we good. actually just had dinner at the uh, New Austin's. Oh yeah, a couple yeah. weeks ago. What'd yeah. you think? I loved it. They have, uh, I'm a fan of duck. They have roast duck. And I asked, I actually asked our server. I said, so how's the duck? Because, you know, duck can be 
Hit her miss, yes. yes. <laughs> she about literally jumped in the air. Oh, wow. She was so excited to tell me about the duck because that was like one of her favorite items on the menu. Uh-huh. So she was like, you'll love it. And I did. So Now, I am so appreciative that you guys came on here. I would be remiss if I didn't give you a chance to plug the new book, which we referenced <laughs> earlier, yes. but it's it's not out yet. It's coming out in April, April correct? Yes. And this is going to be 100 Things to Do in Nebraska before yes. you die. Correct. Here's here's your plug. Open All mics, right. go. Bucket list book of uh, Nebraska attractions, restaurants, places to stay, fun things to do, uh, unique and quirky attractions that we may have around the state. And it's really... Um, I think it's uh it's uh to me it's a love story of you know I, I grew up in the state mm-hmm. I love the state mm-hmm. um I I can't say enough about it I you know I love bragging up Omaha I love bragging up Nebraska so to me this is this is our love story for Nebraska or to Nebraska um from you know we we tried to make sure we covered as many things as we could around the state and uh we're really excited for it yeah, if you love the Nebraska Passport Program, yeah. this is kind of a, an addition that you can add on to it and keep it in your uh, journal and add to it. There's, I mean, we've got things like a geological dig. Um, there's a, a geological park um, that looks like toadstools. People call it, it looks like you're on Mars. Mm-hmm. Um we actually still have to get out there. Yes, we do. Before <laughs> but the summer, um, yep. we try to get out there once before, but the roads were too muddy because they're really um, dirt yeah. heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just had a pretty good rain. Um, we the Coming up soon, you've got the C- Sandhill Crane migration, which is, you know, Jane Goodall comes out here every year to go be a witness to that um, site every year. Mm-hmm. It's just amazing. We've got um, the biggest rail yard you'll find uh, in the world, North in North Platte, um, history like no other, um, yep. the history of Buffalo so Bill. I mean, Jimmy, we could, you could go on. Chimney Rock, Rock, Scott's Bluff. Yeah. Of course, the quirky with uh, Car Hinge, mm-hmm. the Clown Museum and Plain View, Clown Museum with a K. Of course, now we're going to go all the way <laughs> down <laughs> yeah. the hundred, but yeah. yeah. Well, we give people a good preview. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right, everybody. So... Be prepared. Be on the lookout for that book. Be on the lookout for 100 Things to Do in Omaha Before You Die. You can go out and get that now. The book that we talked about today, again, Unique Eats and Eateries of Omaha. It's really, really fun to just kind of open your mind up to some new restaurants. I guarantee if you read this book, you will not only discover restaurants that you never knew about before, but you will find places that you want to go to within the next week because... (laughs) I definitely did, and that was a true pleasure. So, Tim and Lisa, thank you so much for taking some time to join me today. Thank Thank you you. for having us. And Omaha, thank you so much for listening, and thanks for eating with me. A Parkville Media Production.